Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Tuesday, January 26th. S&P futures are down about six points. That's about 20 basis points. NASDAQ futures are off about 35 points. That is about 25 basis points. Europe's indices are rallying about 70 basis points to 1% overall. That still puts them down on the week, but they are rebounding this morning. Uh, Mild outperformance in some of the cyclical groups, um, chemicals, autos, industrials, etc. Nothing is really getting hit very hard in Europe, although there is underperformance in energy and basic resources. Asia finished in the red across the board. Uh, Some of the indices suffered pretty steep declines. Hong Kong, mainland China, uh, Korea, and Taiwan all off more than a percent. Uh, so there are a few moving pieces this morning in focus. The Asia weakness is being attributed to um, a Chinese central bank liquidity withdrawal. It was a very small liquidity withdrawal. And then you had a PBOC advisor warning about um, some market bubble risks. So neither of those headlines really struck me as being particularly dramatic, but those are being um, cited for the weakness in Asia. Some of the big themes is with regards to to the U.S., um, you know, the stimulus narrative is, is evolving. So you had Biden come out yesterday and said that he's open to negotiating certain components of his $1.9 trillion bill. Specifically, eligibility for this next round of stimulus checks has been a big area of pushback in the Senate, not just from Republicans, but from moderate Democrats as well. So remember, even if they are going to go the reconciliation route, which requires only a simple majority in the Senate, you still are going to have to make some revisions to that $1.9 trillion proposal to get people like Manchin on board so you can get to 50 um, and and get it passed. Um, I've written a lot about fiscal stimulus. I personally do not think it is wise if I am Biden sitting in the White House to expend a lot of political capital trying to jam a $1.9 trillion stimulus bill through the Senate via reconciliation you're going to cause, um, you know, I think that is going to poison relations even further. Um, And I also think that this would compromise the rest of his agenda, all while the economy already has a lot of tailwinds in the form of reopening in the form of vaccinations. Um, So I personally think that you're going to see this probably get cut down pretty significantly um, as Biden moves on to the rest of his agenda. Um, But like I said, this is very early stages, you know, this is going to play out for the next several weeks. Um, I think people should be reluctant to kind of trade off of every individual headline that you see. Um, you know, there is work going on in the Senate right now for the reconciliation route. There are still negotiations for the bipartisan route. You know, the House is going to have a lot easier time passing a bill than the Senate will. So it's just very early stages. Um, and like I said, I think, you know, you're going to probably be into March, if not later, before you get something back onto Biden's desk for him to sign. So that's a stimulus backdrop. Uh, on the COVID front, you are seeing a real bifurcation in news flow. Um, in the U.S., you know things are looking up. So you've, you're having um, transmissions, hospitalizations, while still elevated, are down pretty meaningfully from their recent peaks. You are having a lot of major states lift some of the restrictions. So California um, and New York are are beginning to kind of dial back some of the restrictions as the numbers improve. Um, 
Biden gave an update on the vaccination pace, putting out you know some higher numbers than he had been talking about just a couple of days ago as far as the daily pace of vaccinations um, and that ho- that 100-day goal of his where he had been talking about 100 million shots in 100 days. Now he says that could be up to 150 million. Uh, you and, and then the, the situation in Israel is very interesting because Israel is the most advanced country on the planet as far as the the percent of its population that it has vaccinated. So it's well ahead of others and it's already seeing a pretty steep decline in its transmission statistics. And that's only after the first shot had been administered of two. So I think you the 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 COVID backdrop is improving on a net basis. The one area where it's really not is is Europe where you're seeing um, you know, numbers stay very elevated and you're seeing um, a lot of vaccine supply hiccups. And you're also seeing kind of incremental lockdowns and, and an extension of existing lockdowns take place. So that's the bifurcation where U.S. is looking up uh, and then Europe is kind of staying relatively bleak. No major economic numbers to go through this morning. Nothing all that important on the monetary policy front, monetary policy front either. You are coming up on the Fed tomorrow afternoon. It's supposed to be a relatively innocuous meeting. Um, you know, I think the the um, you know you could see though some nuance as far as Powell's commentary. He will push back very aggressively on tapering talk. He will commit to keeping policy extremely accommodative for the foreseeable future. I think where markets could get into some issues um, would be the extent to which Powell acknowledges some of the positives that have occurred. Um, including, you know, you you have political clarity in the U.S. You're having, um, you know, talks on another major fiscal bill in the U.S. You're having some progress on the vaccine front, et cetera. So, to the extent he does acknowledge those improvements, some may construe that as being hawkish. That's what happened with um, Lagarde and the ECB last week. Uh, on the geopolitical front, so the Italian political situation is deteriorating. You're going to have the Italian prime minister resign today. Um, you know, I think for the most part, markets non-Italian markets are not paying a lot of attention to this um, just because it does not look like you're going to see snap elections anytime soon. That's what I think would really get markets attention. If you were to see Italy go back to the polls, that looks unlikely. And then you also have the ECB obviously in there, um, you know, conducting massive purchases. That's helping to keep spreads contained. So it looks like US equities at least do not have to worry about Italy for the time being. Um, A lot of micro headlines out uh, last night and then this morning and in the US and Europe, not going to go through all of them. There's really, I I wouldn't say any single one that really stands out. No no one major reported in the US yesterday. Um, Novartis, UBS had numbers out in Europe today. UBS was decent, some very strong buyback figures that they're putting out. Novartis was disappointing. Rolls-Royce is the weakest stock in Europe. They had a trading update out on 2020, which was actually decent, but their free cash flow um, uh, numbers that they put out for 2021 were below expectations. So that's hitting that stock. And then there are a bunch of others, like I said, but I'm not going to, I don't have time to go through all of them on this call. So that is the backdrop for this morning. You also have, you know, a ton of articles just talking about market mechanics, talking about bubble activity that you're seeing in certain areas of the market, including SPACs, certain pockets of technology, um, electric vehicles, et cetera. Obviously the huge short squeeze that you've seen in certain, um, names such as GameStop, you know, a lot of that's being talked about in the market, and how a lot of that activity, um, you know, could be presaging some type of a broader drawdown in in the markets. For the calendar today, um, as far as scheduled news is concerned, you know, the big focus will be on earnings. So, just running through some of the major names before the open: uh, American Express, GE, Johnson Johnson, Lockheed, Triple M. Raytheon, Verizon, those are all out this morning. On Johnson Johnson, 
you know, I, I don't think you're necessarily going to see the vac- the phase three vaccine data come out alongside earnings. The trial is completely separate. Management is blinded to the results. Um, you know, so I would doubt that management would try to put them out alongside earnings. Um, you know, so I, I don't think investors should really be expecting that. After the close, you have AMD, Capital One, Microsoft, Starbucks, Texas Instruments are the big ones tonight. Um, you know, Biden is going to be announcing a series of executive actions. He had some yesterday about Buy America. He'll have more out um, pretty much every day this week. There'll be a different theme. A lot of these are just symbolic. They don't really have a lot of effect on underlying policy. Um, similar to Trump's executive actions, you know, I think they're intended to kind of get a lot of media coverage and signal an intent. But again, a lot of um, a lot of the actions don't really have a, a real world effect at the end of the day. So that is everything for today. Uh, Thank you for listening.